This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round one recap of the Genesis Invitational. And joining me to break it all down, it's Kyle Porter. KP, what's going on? Not much. It's been, uh, you know, what golf we've seen has been fun. It's been great. Uh, best field of the year. You know, Patrick Cantlay said this. We'll talk about Cantlay probably in a second. But he's like, this is the best course that we go to by far on the PGA Tour. And I, I think that's doesn't include obviously major championship venues but uh high praise from from everybody in the field this week not only that and as much as i love riviere i guess they it's it's been shut down for the last two months and they are saying these greens are the best poa greens anyone has ever seen they're rolling about as pure as you could possibly possibly ask for greens to play so you're, you're right nothing but but high praise around here well, and that's what a lot of the a lot of guys were talking about. Uh, who was it? Maybe Adam Scott was saying that. And Adam yeah, Scott was like, "Lights out with his putter today." So, <laughs> yeah, you know, it had was. to be rolling pretty smooth for for him. <laughs> um, I think what's going to be super interesting is to see what they do with the course over the next three days because I think it's at a place where it's it's pretty fast and firm, and and it's it's so good right now that they could turn it up a little bit and you could see like eight under win. That sounds stupid Mm. on Thursday night when the lead is seven under, but I I don't think that's out of the question. Do you? No, I don't. Uh, We we've seen this thing get a bit spicy and yeah, we were already hearing the firm and fast stuff like on Tuesday and Wednesday. You usually don't hear that until like the, the real weekend when this can get pretty crispy. So uh, for sure. And the, and the course played almost exactly to par. A, a, yeah. a hair over par on Thursday, so it, it it can certainly bite back. But it's Sam Burns who posts an opening round sixty four seven under, made a bunch of putts as you normally need to do uh, to go out and shoot, uh, you know, be the best round of the day. But but KP, if you've been if you've been following along, if you've been paying attention yeah. to golf this year, this shouldn't be all that big of a surprise. Sam Burns' ceiling has been great this season. It really has. And I came into the year, I can't remember what his first tournament was. Was it Sony? I think obviously he didn't play tournament of champions. I think it was Sony. And I was really big on him, his first few events. And he, he sort of kind of met that expectation, but he he was, he's been doing it a little differently. And this is where I'm curious about your take on this because, because we're both pretty deep into a lot of the number stuff He's a really good ball striker. Uh, He hasn't been quite as good as he normally is so far in 2021, but he's been putting it really well. So it's sort of made up for it to where I I think he's, I think he's actually playing at a level that he can sustain, even if it is sort of constructed differently. And we saw it kind of married on Thursday because he was first uh, from uh, on approach shots and like third or fourth with the putter. I, 
I think this is sustainable. I don't know that he's going to win just because the guys that are behind him, but I, I don't think he, I don't think he's the kind of guy that goes 64, you know, 76 and he's sweating the cut on Friday night. Uh, right. Yeah. I, I, I tend to agree with you. He is uh, just an absolute bomber off the tee too, man. The guy can absolutely crush it. And, and his putter, what's kind of interesting is some guys you get, you know, you get these really good ball strikers and then the putter either doesn't exist or he can never get hot. Like that is so volatile for him when he goes out and gains three and a half strokes, like he did on Thursday, he's your first round leader. Now he can lose three and a half strokes tomorrow, but that doesn't mean he's going to shoot a 79 or a 78. He might just shoot like a 71. So it, it, it is interesting to see he's trying to manage the floor while also trying to embrace the ceiling, which is always a, a I, I say fun, a fun thing to watch. It might not always be fun for him. <laughs> what, what what do you think his best finish is on the PGA tour ever? Do you, do you know it off the top of your head? Um, no, but I bet you it's like a T. I mean, he's got to have a T four somewhere, right? Yeah. He finished, uh, I got it pulled up. He finished T3 at the 2018 Sanderson. Okay. And then he had, he he had a top, I know he had a top 10 in Houston earlier, but I didn't know where, what it yeah, was. Yeah. He was, he was T7 at Houston last year. So okay. I don't know. I like, there's not a ton of experience there, but I also feel strrangely confident about him just because I think his, I think the, his makeup is real. Like, I feel better about him than I do about a Matthew Fitzpatrick sitting at five under. And maybe I shouldn't because Fitzpatrick is historically a better player. He won a USAM. He's won on the European tour. I, I don't know. How do you view like those two, like two guys like, or specifically those two guys right now? Yeah, it, it, it is weird because um, Sam Burns has not been like, like Matthew Fitzpatrick is the 20th ranked player in the world. Like that's, I know, I know. that's I know. kind of crazy. So, so with like, he's probably the most disrespected top 20, top 25 player in the world, because I still feel like I'd rather have Sam Burns in a lot of situations, right? Because of that, like, if you're asking me about this week, I'm like, yeah, Sam Burns has a better chance of winning this golf tournament than Matthew Fitzpatrick does. And that's probably not true. It's Fitzpatrick who goes out and shoots a 66 on Thursday. He's in contention. He he usually does it with the flat stick, with the short game. So no surprise to see that he gained three strokes on the greens. But yeah, I mean, I was I was just pulling up his logs and to see him ranked uh, 20th in the world, I, I, I was still jarred by that. Yeah, and you know, I think some of sort of what I'm feeling right here with with like let's we'll call it Burns versus Fitzpatrick, but you could slide in another couple of guys that are kind of the same categorically is I think Riviera plays into a lot of that for me. Um I think Burns is just a more like a a better a better ball striker for that type of place. I mean it just is it's very it's very demanding and especially with your approach shots. And that's where I just, I don't, but then I look back at last year and Fitzpatrick almost wins Memorial or he finished, you know, T3 didn't almost win. I, I guess John Rom kind of ran away with it, but Fitzpatrick is, is he's interesting because he, he sort of doesn't fit into a box. You know, he, he's, um, oh, I guess a little Spethian, but not as good of an iron player where he, mm -hmm. you just, he kind of slaps it around a little bit, but then he, he just scores. And I think that's, I don't know. He's very mature in that sense. He just puts scores together. So at, at some point you have to, we have to kind of look away from some of the data and say, I don't know, man, he just, he, he just pops up on leaderboards and contends.
he he puts the ball in the cup for sure. He won in Europe at the end of last year. He won the DP World Tour Championship, probably overlooked because that's the event that decides the race to Dubai. So Lee Westwood gets all of the press there, but it's Fitzpatrick who was the one hoisting the trophy on, on Sunday afternoon. So that's probably why he gets even more overlooked. Uh, before we jump into some of the big boys in this field, remember that uh, Paramount Plus kicking right now you've probably seen the commercials the journey to mount paramount speech featuring beefy bryson himself and that's because paramount plus is live sports breaking news and a mountain of entertainment you can go straight from game day to movie night with paramount plus stream iconic movies like the godfather indiana jones and mission impossible and new episodes of critically acclaimed original series like star trek picard the good fight and the stand and get this it's where you can dive into live sports from us cbs sports including the nfl march madness the masters and champions league soccer plus as if I needed to say anymore, stream hit shows from CBS, Nickelodeon, MTV, BET, Smithsonian Channel, and Comedy Central. It's live sports. It's breaking news. A mountain of entertainment. Paramount Paramount Plus streams March 4th. I do this thing on Wednesdays, or excuse me, on, on Thursdays and Fridays, KP. Essentially, my wife, friend of the pod, she says, oh, what's Justin Thomas doing? What's, what's Bryson DeChambeau doing? What's Rory up to? And I kept saying, uh, basically dead last, uh, basically dead last, really <laughs> struggling, right? Like where, where are all the big, this leaderboard looks like it's upside down. Justin Thomas, as we speak five over par in a tie for one sixteenth. Bryson DeChambeau, he's got one hole to play. He's four over T one Oh eight. I mean, this was certainly not expected. No, I, I don't, I don't know what's going on with JT. Although I did look back at his, so start of 2020, he wins, uh, Kapalua. And then he goes two missed cuts in three events. I can't remember what the uh, it was. I think it was here actually. It was. I think he missed Sony. He finished high in maybe Phoenix, and then he missed the cut at Riviera. So I don't. Long term, I don't. I never worry about JT. Uh, but he's been kind of low key, not very good since Kapalua. He he missed the cut in uh, what was that Dubai? Yeah, the Abu Dhabi or, uh, SBC. Abu Dhabi, yeah. And then he played fine at Phoenix and then is probably not going to make the cut here. I, you know, the, the, the Bryson thing to me is actually more understandable. This is what I, and I tweeted this out. This is what I thought was going to happen at Wingfoot, where you're just trying to murder the ball. And this is something that can't like talked about as well. He's like, you have to like, think about where, where your leaves are off the tee because it, just the way the course is set up, you can't just be hitting it wherever and that's why you and I were on there like idiots saying Bryson's <laughs> definitely going to miss the cut or definitely not going to win <laughs> at Wingfoot. This is exactly what I thought was going to happen to where right. he's he's like a I think he last time I looked he was zero strokes gained off the tee so he's 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 still murdering it. It's all over the yard, but the problem is it just it sets him up for disaster from 150 yards and in because he doesn't have any angles. That's what happened at yes. Memorial last year. He missed the cut there because he didn't leave himself any angles at all. So that one to me is more explainable than the than the Rory and JT. So JT just made a double on 17. That's a par five. So he's now seven over. Uh, he gone. That, that He's not going to be around for the weekend. Uh, Bryson to that point. So with one hole to play, waiting for these strokes gain numbers to come through, he is a half a stroke negative on a, off the tee, which is obviously not what Bryson does, but it's also not terrible, right? I mean, it's just a half yeah. a stroke to the field. But then here's, here's the big one. I mean, he's losing, you know, over a stroke 
on approaches because he's so out of position. I mean, the, the weird yeah. thing about Riviera, 7,500 square feet greens on average, that is in the larger third of PGA Tour greens, yet you miss more greens here than tour average because you got to have the right angle because there's a lot of uh, a lot of places where the greens run off so there's not really like usable area on the green so it, it's a really weird dynamic and when you're playing out of position like Bryson has all day on Thursday it is just a, a way to compound errors and create disaster dude Riviera is sweet by the way it's I say awesome. I mean we we talk about it every year but just the way and I'm not deep in the golf course, golf course architecture stuff, but the way the greens are set up and like some of the, like the contours, like leading into the greens where you can kind of run it up, you can run it up a bank and, and kind of, kind of roll it over to the next tier, like all, all these different things. It's just, it's, it's, it's what you think of when you think of a great golf course and it, it I, I think what's real, I was thinking about this leading into the tournament. It's led to some weird winners over the years. I mean, think about in the last decade, we've gotten John Merrick, we've gotten James Hahn, we got JB Holmes two years ago that are beating the DJs and Adam Scotts of the world. Those guys have also won this, obviously. But I, I, I wonder what the reason for that is, because you would think like conventional wisdom is that it elevates the best guys in the world. Those are the best shot makers. They're hitting the best shots. Those shots are rewarded disproportionately at a place like Riviera, like they're rewarded more at Riviera than they are at some of the other courses that that the PGA Tour goes to. So I wonder I wonder what the reason behind some of those lesser named guys winning the golf tournament is. I think a lot of Riviera when you're out of position is a bit random. So I, I think of 10. 10 is the perfect hole. 10, especially, oh my God, these guys who have to play it at 6.55 in the morning as their first hole it's and just get awful. slapped in the face with a double. <laughs> like Morikawa this morning, my God, get, you know, doubles it out of the gate. But like, if you go over the green at 10, if you're in the back bunker, that's fine. Everybody who, who was in the early wave in the back bunker made birdie at 10. But if you're over 10 green, you can get into these kind of moguls where if you're on the upslope, you can kind of throw it up. It's not as bad. But if you're on the downslope, you're dead. And that's the difference between a, like, like a foot, a square foot, Nick Fado, a square foot. And, and you can have a either terrible situation or a really great situation. So I think it, it, it introduces a bit more randomness, KP, which is why I think you see some of these more random winners. Yeah, I I do wonder also like if if some of these top guys have just been trained to like just basically be Bryson where they're just muscling up and hitting it as far as possible and going to get it and playing this point and shoot golf to where they've not forgotten but it's just more difficult for them to to play a classic course. Now, that's probably a bad argument because that would be true of lesser name guys as well, but I don't know. It, it's just something that I've thought about a lot as it relates to uh, Riviera over the last decade or 15 years. We're going to talk about uh, the live odds here, but real quick, T.H. Kim. This guy goes birdie eagle start. He aces number 16, wins himself a Genesis. I'm just going to I'm just going to read off the weird like stars aligning stats for T.H. Kim here. So first of all, the guy hasn't played outside of Asia as a pro in 16 years. The last player to make a hole in one in his first career PGA Tour rounds, Augusto Nunez. Remember him? 2018 Corrales Punta Cana. TH Kim, the 2020 Korean Tour Order of Merit winner, has an ace and is five under through 10 holes in his PGA Tour debut. That's what I was referring to. And then his last Korean Tour win 
as if we needed any more stars to align. And of course, Justin Ray with all of these great numbers, the Genesis Championship. My God, this guy is just like primed to win this golf tournament, isn't he? Who do you? <laughs> that would be unreal. That would be <laughs> that would be awesome. Th- that would be up there with John Merrick. I think he was a thousand to one. I also think Andrew Putnam beat Rory and Bryson, uh, a Rory Bryson best ball. Wow, that's not. Good. I I knew he beat them, but a best ball, yes, but that would be amazing. Uh, I'd have to look at that. What was this Augusto fellow? What was his last uh, name? Yes, Augusto Nunez, twenty eighteen Carlos Punta Cana. Who do you think he was named after? Was it after Augusta? Was it after? Um, Augustine, like what, what's the great question. Um, I'm going to say he was named after his great grandfather, Augusto. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I am. I'm sure it's something like that. I'm just going to go with the, the, the favorite family name. (laughs) Uh, yeah, the, 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 uh, TH Kim stuff is, I mean, him winning this would be absolutely insane. How did he even get in the field? Sponsors exemption, I think. I'm pretty sure it was a sponsors exemption. I think he fell off. Where's he at now? Uh, he might have. Here he is. Let's see. Okay, he's two under. He's played 12 holes. So he just went. He went double on number two, and then bogey on three. So he's. I mean, he's, thing, he's bleeding here. This thing's not going to be over for two more hours. It's crazy. We might have it's to do, have like overnight results on Th Kim. We're gonna have to have a, a round a round one point five recap episode. Um, looking forward to the rest of this. It is no surprise that Dustin Johnson is our betting favorite, thanks to our friends over at William Hill. He just goes out, you know, unfazed. Uh, three under sixty eight. Patrick Cantlay, the the most quiet sixty seven. He's four under par. Brooks Kepka. Uh, so it's Cantlay and Kepka at seven to one. Sam Burns, who's your leader, ten to one. Joaquin Neiman, Matthew Fitzpatrick make up the fourteen to one. So uh, looking at this, you know, we've talked about what what a unbelievable stretch that Patrick Cantlay is on right now, and how he's a big problem. He's sitting there at seven to one. Yeah. So I'm really frustrated at myself about Cantlay. That was just so easy to to call coming in and. You know, not not just his form. Obviously, it's been good, but he's played well here. I think he finished like T3 or T2 here a couple of years ago. Uh, and it's just set the course. It just sets up so perfectly for somebody like him who's awesome off the tee, uh, who's, I don't know, one of the three or four, five, six best iron players in the world. I, I'm really, I don't know. It, I, it was the thing, and you always talk about this. We, we discount guy, or I don't know what, that's not the right word. We we look at guys who have recent good history and say, "Oh, wait, that's not repeatable." You know, we, <laughs> right. we almost like it's the what do you say? It's the only sport. It's the only we, sport in the world where we penalize the guy who was the best in the world last week. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And some of that look, some of that is fair because you get into these hot putting weeks, and it's like, well, st- statistically, that that is uns- like you can't do that again. But his his. Numbers at Pebble last week were not a result of just a hot putting week. He putted it well, especially in the first round, but that that was not what carried him. So I'm just I don't know. I'm kicking myself for what what was he at pre tournament like 16, 14? I think he was at 14. So he's been cut in half. He's down to seven, and he's three shots back of what the overnight lead is likely to be. Well, I'd rather. Would you rather have Cantlay at seven or DJ at four? Um, well, I mean, Cantlay has a one shot lead on him. I, I would probably still think it's Cantlay in this spot. 
Yeah. I think it's close, but I think it's Cantley. Nearly twice like the Neat. odds he has a shot lead, and there's no it's not like there's no reason to think that Patrick Cantley can't win a golf tournament. I like Neiman at 14. I like Rahm at 18. Uh, but I, I think I like Cantley at seven the most. Speeth at 28, it's tasty. He's lurking. Mark actually had uh Cantley on his on his card for this week, 18 to one. Yeah, I like that. Um Spieth's Speed's playing well, dude. I mean, I know. So I was looking at, uh, I don't have his numbers in front of me. So he's up to nine straight rounds, positive strokes gain approach, which for him is that's the game. I mean, we've talked about it a million times. Driver is whatever, putter is going to come and go. It's all about are you striking the golf ball? And right now he's at 0.05 gain. I was going to so say he's right at it. <laughs> we're on the, we're on the nice edge of whether this streak continues, but. The fact that he's putting it together is it's meaningful. I mean, it just is. And so I still have not officially declared him back. I don't know if you I don't know if you've released a, uh, a public statement yet, but no. uh, I'm getting I'm getting very, very, very close. All right. Well, we're going to keep an eye on obviously all. I mean, we're going to have some big names who are likely to miss the cut. Jordan Spieth, certainly uh, hopeful that he's in contention again this week. Dustin Johnson, Patrick Cantlay lurking. So we'll keep an eye on everything and we'll be back after each round of this tournament. But for now, that's Kyle Porter. You can find him on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut and we'll catch you next time. 